passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. No, 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 no. Bro, 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 bro. You don't have to do this, bro. You don't need to do this, bro. Don't. No, no. inside is Portage on it. Braun Strowman drove it off the stage. What did you do, Braun? When Ryan when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the 18. That makes sense that these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night. Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's Rewind Around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wei Ting the mic. Hello, everybody. It is John Pollock and Wei Ting, and Canada celebrated its 151st birthday. And Wei and I are here to celebrate those festivities as two proud Canadians. How are you, Wei? Oh, I'm great. Um, had a nice holiday today. Um, and I got to enjoy a very, <laughs> a great edition of Raw on my holiday. Oh, what uh, what a great tribute to a fine Canadian at the end of the show. Tom uh, Green. Uh, who I'm sure has done gags like, like what we saw at the end of the show. Has he ever um, shit out a blue substance? Um, no, but you know, well, the blue substance is, is uh, what the liquid that you would find in a porta potty Portamix. I, I actually did some research. Yeah. Okay, because I will completely plead ignorance that I had no idea. I assumed it was some uh, contaminant inside of a porta potty, but I've never seen this stuff before. No, it's or at, le- or at least have not noticed it inside of a porta potty. No, it's kind of tough to <laughs> to look in there, but uh, they 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 managed to uh, <laughs> they managed to um, uh, uh, um, you know. Get that little detail accurate. So, man, kudos. Good for, good, kudos good for them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that they, you know, Kevin Owens got all this publicity in Canada last week for being brought up on a Shania Twain uh, concert onto the stage. And this was their way to let's capitalize on all this newfound fame that this man has just received in his home province. Mm hmm. You know, they've sent out a press release that WWE has. Um, if you go to uh, their Twitter page, they have put up this uh, mock press release that says, for immediate release, quote, Braun Strowman, winner of the greatest Royal Rumble match and the 2018 Men's Money in the Bank ladder match, hurled a porta potty containing Kevin Owens off the stage on Monday Night Raw. It was insane. That's it? That is their uh, mock press release that they have posted on their Twitter account. Okay. It was insane. I thought this angle was very stupid, but I'll get into that later. 
I thought a lot of stuff was stupid. Oh, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was some of the best, the, the best storytelling I've ever seen, period. Like, I'm yeah, talking, it's beautiful. Yeah. The Bible, this beats it, everything. You know what's really going to grind my gears over the next uh, six years, because it's a year until these new TV deals come into effect, is the, the number of shows like this where there is so much to pick apart. And I'm going to have to hear the broken record. Well, do you know how much they're getting paid now? It's like, I don't care if they're being paid a billion dollars a second. Mm-hmm. I will complain and complain and complain. How, when how, I wa- however when much- I watch some of the stuff I had to watch tonight. Oh, my God. However much they make. I mean, that's more of a reason for me to complain. Like, I- Can you imagine, Way? Can you imagine if the USA Network came to them tomorrow and said, listen, you guys are getting a substantial increase and your uh, 2.8 million viewers, we want it to be 4 million viewers. Could you imagine what this would become if they were forced to be in a position where they were being told by their broadcaster to increase their audience on a Monday night by a million viewers? What kind of shows you would be seeing out of them as compared to this? Uh, don't you think that's an unspoken, you know, demand anyway to in, in, increase your viewer base? I don't no. think it is now because the cable has so leveled off that it's all about maintaining audience. And Raw has done that very well. They are not being compared against their viewership of five years ago. They're being compared against the viewership of tonight, which... They are going to do well. They're going to do very well on cable. And as How? long as they're made. Who are the people aside from us that are doing review shows that are watching this shit? Well, three million wrestling podcasts probably exist that yes. are still keeping this thing afloat. Could you imagine if you took out all the, the raw reviews uh, from that, that number? I mean, maybe that would be the key to raw just collapsing. Mm, yeah. No more coverage. Podcasters. These shows. I could see that happening. Yeah. That was the podcast revolt. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, how was your long weekend? You said you had a it, holiday I mean, today. I, I, I left you really busy over the weekend, but uh, thank you on my behalf. That well, you, I had, uh, you know what? It was only a small slice of what John Paul goes through every single day. And man, uh, they're, they're big shoes to fill, let me just say. But otherwise, my weekend was like really pretty good. Very relaxing. I had a barbecue uh, that I attended. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, and just, uh, man, it was hot. Really hot in, in the city. Oh, my God. I was at a cottage all weekend where I had no internet access and no phone access, and it was tremendous. Every year I go to this cottage, and it's the best, just having no connection to the world. But going usually will go Labor Day weekend. But this, this year we went a Canada Day weekend, and it was so hot at this place. It was There was no air conditioning in this cottage, and I think it – the highest it hit was about 33, and on the radio, they said it feels like 42, 42 Celsius. Mm-hmm. For our American listeners, go convert that into Fahrenheit. It was so hot this weekend. Yeah. Hot for us. I mean, I'm sure there are people like living farther south that are just like complaining. It, it's hotter in Vegas. I am not jealous that I'm not in Vegas for International Fight Week this week, where Mm -hmm. it is presently 38 at 843 at night, which is 100 Fahrenheit. 
Oh my god, that's insane. Yeah, that is crazy. I, I might have mentioned this before, but I heard from somebody who said, you know, you you know, you live from a, in a place that doesn't have good weather. The more that you talk about the weather, and we talk about the weather a lot. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Well, I thought you did a great job, Way. My only connection to the news all weekend was I would go for a walk until mm-hmm. I got a, a brief signal, and I just followed through your updates. And that was it. Oh, that's great. Yeah, you know yeah. what? It was good practice. You, you, were my, you were my connection to everything. Felt like I was right here with all that was happening. And what a great job. Can I, can I applaud you publicly on your formatting skills? <laughs> uh, man, that CEO New Japan report... <laughs> Like, way you're you're great with words, oh, but you God. are a maestro with the. Fo- I'm stealing that format. Oh, I was please. like, I I went into the back end and I was looking at like <laughs> how you put all that stuff together. Well, that that is so nice of you, John. Thank you. Th- those this. bars you put on, like what, <laughs> what? Oh God! What is the exact function? Because I was looking at like the code for it. I mean, is this like a button we have access to it in is our back end? It is actually a button that we do have within WordPress. It is called a, <sighs> called a line separator. Uh, I I didn't even know this existed, but you know what? If there's something that I I do feel a bit more competent with. It's uh, maybe aesthetics, and uh, thank you for appreciating that. It was wonderful. I was like, this is an experience. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. Well, that's so great. You, you did a great job. Uh, there was apparently a big controversy out of that show. I have yet to see the uh, CEO uh, New Japan show. What would you recommend on that show that I should watch? Beyond the main event, I'm sure the main event you'll recommend. You know what? Uh, I, I, I thought uh, the semi-main between uh, 3K versus uh, Ryosuke Taguchi and uh, his partner, which uh, was oh, Dragon Lee. Lee. Dragon Lee. Yes. I thought that was a good match. Um, you know, Jeff Cobb versus uh, uh, Chase Owens, I thought was fun, but probably nothing out of the ordinary that you wouldn't see on the undercard of a, of a typical New Japan house show. So I honestly wouldn't say that much more. I mean, outside of, you know... Oh, the micro, Michael Nakazawa stuff you might want to check out just from a perverse standpoint. Um, I, I did find that a lot of fun. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to check that out. I've, I'm catching up on most of the stuff I missed. I've seen most of the Ring of Honor pay-per-view, which uh, for those out there that are members of the Post Wrestling Cafe on our bonus show tonight, uh, we are going to have a Ways review of Being the Elite uh, we will not have a Total Bellas review this week, but I will chat there, a little bit. Is, about... There is no Total Bellas this week. Oh, there was no. Okay. Yeah. I, I wasn't even aware of this. Yeah. Um, I'll chat a little bit about the ROH pay-per-view, but the main event on the bonus show is we will go through some suggestions and we will come up with a name for this bonus show, which mm-hmm. remains nameless this week. So yeah. there's your big hook, folks, if you uh, can't get enough of us this week. And what else is coming out on the Post Wrestling Network this week? Oh my God! Is everyone sitting down? I hope, uh, I hope you are ready for this schedule because it is a mountain of a schedule this week with lots, uh, including Way and I going head to head on Saturday night. It's going to be magic. Uh, we've got re- Rewind to SmackDown on Tuesday. On Wednesday, uh, a special edition of Keep It Two Thousand with Brian Mann and Nate Milton that you will want to hear. That's all we'll say about that. You they t- will. Uh, they will explain the situation. It's it's a very special edition, really. Yes. Yes. Uh, Thursday, we're going to have Up Next uh, with Braden Harrington and Davey Portman on the show. And then Friday, it's the return of Rewind Away for members of our Patreon, Post Wrestling Cafe. Uh, we've got a review of WCW Uncensored 1997 with our espresso executive producer, John 
not Dolph, Ziegler. Yes. Have you started this show? I have not. Ooh. Get ready. Uh, that's if I another intro. I made it through tonight. I'll, I'll make it through. Right oh, now. dude, this is fucking when worlds collide in comparison to tonight's Raw. And I think that the you will come for the triple team main event, but you will stay and fall in love or in hate with Dusty Rhodes commentary during some of these Cruiserweight matches. Uh, that's what is in store for Friday's show. I'm very much looking forward to chatting about this uncensored show as I have watched it by now. Uh, then Saturday. Saturday is utter insanity. Yeah. It We've starts got, up in the morning. Of you wake up in the morning and you're going to make your coffee and then you're going to listen to Eggshells with Chris Charlton as he's going to be going through the 1991 Tokyo Dome cards, which feature a pair of shows from the SWS promotion and as well the WCW New Japan Super Show from the Dome. Then you can have a little break because then that night you have two options. You can either watch UFC 226, which is one of the best UFC cards this year, headlined by Stipe Miocic and Daniel Cormier, or you can watch the New Japan card from the Cow Palace uh, that is going to feature uh, a number of big matches, including Kenny Omega and Cody for the IWGP title. And then Saturday night, Way is going to be covering all of the New Japan happenings while yeah. I'm going to be covering UFC. Yeah, and joining me for that review, because John will be covering the UFC, of course, I'm proud to be doing that show with Dan the Mouth Levransky and also our good friend Mike Murray, who uh, attended oh, the wow. last... Yeah, he, they both attended the uh, the, the last uh, G1 uh, Long Beach show together, so it, it'd be good to get their live takes on oh, it. Oh, that's awesome. Watching, uh, I was not... A this Cow Palace show. Wow, well, that's, that's fantastic. And then on my side, I will be joined by my good pal Phil... Uh, to review UFC 226, um, and that'll be coming out. So Saturday night, you will have uh, wall-to-wall coverage at postwrestling.com, uh, both events that are competing uh, head-to-head with one another. Let me ask you this. If New Japan was not on Saturday, would this be a UFC card you would watch? Does it have any interest level from you? Uh, I would, yeah. I mean, probably the most of any of the, the cards this year, yeah. Um, um. But it's not even so. It's not really a hundred percent. Can you? I, I don't even know what the whole card is outside of the main event. Well, uh, beyond the main event, you've got Max Holloway. He's mm-hmm. defending the featherweight title against Brian Ortega, which is a really great fight. I'm hoping all of the stuff stays together this week because I never assume it will. Uh, Francis Ngannou versus Derek Lewis. Michael mm-hmm. Chiesa against Anthony Pettis. Gokan Saki against Khalil Roundtree. Uh, Paul Felder and Mike Perry, that was just put together uh, due to a bunch of opponent changes. Uh, what else looks really good here? Uh, Rob Font and Rafael Sunsau. It's a very good card. Lando Venata's on the Fight Pass card. So okay. I'm looking forward to this show. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's still really a maybe for me, but uh, I'll definitely check out the review. All right, so that's all what is uh, happening this coming week. Uh, but on today, today's show, wait, we've got a sponsor. Mm-hmm. Yes. It doesn't happen uh, t- too often. Yes. So why don't you let us know who is presenting this week's edition of Rewind to Raw. And this message from our sponsor goes out to all of our UK fans. There is a new wrestling promotion called Fight Forever Wrestling that has just launched. And two of our post-wrestling listeners, Jonathan and Simon, are the guys that are behind it. Their first tour is taking place this December with four shows, starting in Birmingham on the 6th of December, London on the 7th, 
Bristol on the 8th, and Liverpool on the 9th. And we want to help them spread the word and encourage our listeners to check out these shows because they've got something very special lined up. So for all of the shows that they're running, it's actually going to be two shows combined in one because they're partnering with uh, Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson with their Something to Wrestle With live show. Um, so you're going to get to watch their show and then you get the wrestling portion uh, that they have named a number of big names that are going to be attached to. You've got uh, Cody and Brandy Rhodes, Jimmy Havoc, Joe Hendry, Millie McKenzie, Zach Gibson, James Drake, Flash Morgan Webster, uh, who was just featured last week on the WWE UK shows, Rampage Brown, El Liguero, Travis Banks, Flip Gordon, and they're going to be announcing more names at FightForeverWrestling.com where they've got uh, the full list as well. There's going to be a special appearance from Charles Wright, a.k.a. The Godfather and Papa Shango, and he is going to be hosting the after parties because you've got to have an after party after you have uh, experienced Fight Forever. Uh, It's going to be The Godfather's Pimpin' Party in Birmingham and Bristol. And then if you're in London or Liverpool, it will be transformed into Papa Shango's Voodoo Party, which if you go to The Godfather's Pimpin' Party, you have to be able to contrast it with Papa Shango's Voodoo Party. So you may want to go to both. Uh, so that is all going down in December. And tickets uh, went on sale over the weekend and are available at FightForeverWrestling.com. And again, those dates are the 6th, the 7th, the 8th, and the 9th of December. That's Fight Forever Wrestling in association with Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard going to Birmingham, London, Bristol, and Liverpool. So again, FightForeverWrestling.com for tickets. Don't miss out on these events and support two of our longtime listeners. And with that, let us get into a very, very tumultuous edition of Monday Night Raw from Sioux City, South Dakota. This Uh, poor audience. Yeah, I feel bad. It kind of tells you what they think of the town when they do a show like this. I just, this audience, by the way, during that tag match with uh, Reigns and Rollins against uh, Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler, man, I felt so bad for this audience knowing uh, what had preceded it and what was to come because mm-hmm. they were red hot during that tag match. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They came here wanting to see a great show and, you know, maybe uh, 10 minutes of a great show they got. So... um Starting off the show with Roman Reigns, who came out, and they had previously announced during the day that Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley would be taking on the Revival once again. He walks down. There was a fan in the right on the aisle who had a sign for Australian female wrestler Shazza McKenzie to be in the Mae Young Classic, which is not a sign I would have predicted I would have seen at a Raw in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um... Another fan had a sign that read, Lakers still suck, facing the hard camera. Um, There were quite the plethora of signs on this show. I don't know if you caught all of them. One guy had this giant fold-out poster that just, he opened it, and in big, giant letters, it just read, MAGA. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah, in like red, white, and blue. I I did not catch it, no. This was a proud American who got his... uh, hard camera sign, and it was, it was like this thing that just opened up and suddenly had this gigantic sign, which was only seen once, and I wonder if it, uh, if it lasted in the building. So Reigns comes out, 
And he says he never thought he would say that he had lost to the Revival. These geeks. But it's because he had the worst tag partner ever in Bobby Lashley. And he doesn't want to team up with Bob. I want to fight Bob. I don't like Bob. Bob is an egomaniac. Bob is a fool. And I don't know where I'm at, but I, I kind of like the Bob yeah. that Rain, Reigns has been using. It reminds me of Randy Orton when he was always calling Daniel Bryan Dan. Right, or uh, CM Punk when he was calling Randy Randall. You know, I like it. I like it whenever somebody, an opponent has like a a, a demeaning way of calling the other person. You know, Bobby, you can argue, is a more, bit more of a, a an embarrassing name than Bob. You really should go by Bob as an adult. Come on. What are you? Does, don't, don't you think of Bobby's world when you hear of Bobby? Think of children. Just, just, yeah. Yeah. It's a little kid's name. So he's really doing you a favor, Bobby. He is. He is. But uh, I do love that he calls him something different. Yeah. Uh, he says that Lashley wanted to be the guy, but 10 years ago, he couldn't handle the role of being the guy. I'm the big dog that runs the yard around here. Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre came out equipped with microphones. And they laughed off Reigns, calling somebody else an egomaniac. And this was this is the big theme of the night. Is Roman an egomaniac or a proud warrior? And they brought up Reigns saving Rollins last week, which led to an attack on Reigns, which Rollins ran out, fighting off McIntyre and Ziggler. And that was our opening segment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I felt the promo itself was maybe about as, as heel of a Reigns promo as I think we've heard in a long time. He's... You know, not at all trying to win the crowd's favor. He, in fact, like came across really cocky and kind of full of himself here. Um, so I don't know. That, again, that's just their characterization of Reigns and tells me that maybe I don't know how much they care about making the audience want to cheer for this guy. But anyway, that's that's it, you know. There was a total Bella spot. So uh, thankfully, there will be an episode this Sunday where Nikki is planning the wedding, and you won't believe this plot twist. John isn't helping her out planning the wedding, and Nikki is left all by herself. Mm. There, is, there is a problem involving John Cena and Nikki Bella, and it's caught on camera. <laughs> Poor Nikki. I don't watch this show. I just go through what you tell me way. Mm -hmm. Like this woman, like I feel she's just going to snap. Are you kidding me? She's loving this. This she is psychological torture, it seems she like. She executive produced this show. So, I mean, I'm sure on the one hand, she's she's very tormented by what's going on in her life. But on the other hand, she's like, wow, this is like, this is the best show ever. I'm so glad, you know, we're capturing all this. Oh, I, I've got a bit of a detour story to share. Okay. That you can you can certainly appreciate, okay? Everyone knows Wei has had quite the month of June with his cable provider, Rogers. Well, as I've said before, if you live in Canada, it really comes down to two cable providers. It's Rogers or Bell. Me and Way... At least in, in Toronto. Like in you, Toronto. You can get yeah, Coco and Shaw and tell us and all this other stuff. But. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm kind of generalizing uh, here in Toronto. But anyway, those are the two major cable companies in our area. And me and Way are quickly learning that we have, we have maybe chosen the wrong path because I, too... Emma Rogers subscriber. And uh, I, I'm in the midst of a move right now. I'm, I am moving uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, not far, but I am moving. 
So what this has required is that I have, uh, I shouldn't say I, my wife has, has taken care of uh, moving our cable package and having it ready uh, for when we move, that we will be able to connect to our cable and our internet when we move in a couple of weeks' time. So what they have done is uh, they have canceled my ability to log on and watch uh, Sportsnet 360, which is the where Raw airs every Monday night in Canada. I can no longer watch it online on Sportsnet on Sportsnet Now, which is their their online uh, viewing service. Mm-hmm. So I get on the phone with Rogers, and they explain. Well, uh, it's been discontinued uh, because you have set up this this move. Like, excuse me. So. Because I have a, I have planned ahead to stay with you, Fox. You have cut this off from me for three weeks of a service that you are denying me for the next three weeks. I still get Sportsnet on my TV, but I can no longer log in and access Sportsnet now. Mm. Is this the stupidest thing you've heard today? Because it's the dumbest thing I heard no, all day. No, it wasn't the stupidest thing I've heard today because I'm, I'm about to talk about the stupidest thing I've heard today. Or You're right. Today. Well, I walked into that one. But, um, I mean, problems like this aren't, aren't that uncommon to me. Like, you you try to fix a problem with Rogers, you just create 10 more problems. It's 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 my experience with them. It's it's most people's experiences with them. It's, you know, it is what it is. Like They I didn't mean, fix this. They didn't have a solution for this. It's just, and it's not as though, oh, we're, we're going to give you a discount because we're not providing all the services you are paying for. Like, this online access. Mm-hmm. I, I've now got to... Uh, Watch this on my TV. Uh, anyway. Honestly, like, I mean, if if it wasn't for my parents uh, not knowing how to use the internet, I mean, I, I would have been a cord cutter a long time ago. And I say that as a former employee of a television station. Like, I, I just, eh, it's just. In, in fairness, they cut the cord technology. with us, so I wouldn't feel. <laughs> That's true. Now I don't get the <laughs> shit. But I mean, I kind of do need it. Um, but, you know, come on. Like, all this shit is going to die out eventually. Seriously. Like. It, we'll be watching TV online, and I guess at that point you still have to to, to deal with Rogers. But hope I don't know. I hope in the future we have more options and things like what you're going through are going to be a thing of the past. Like we were debating when we moved switching to Bell, and had we done that, I wouldn't have had to go through this this problem with Rogers. So for the next three weeks, I could watch stuff the way I normally do, which is just watching it here on my laptop uh, and logging in. What's messed up is that like uh, so like you know like. How Bell in them installing new cable into our neighborhood has cut affected my Rogers service, right? Oh yeah. So now for those actually- that have not heard the last little while, well, like Way's internet was decimated. Yeah, it was Obviously. decimated because uh, Bell, the rival company, is installing a fiber line, and in installing a new fiber line, they somehow affected and cut my Rogers service. So I've been with uh, just like a makeshift rock. <laughs> They had to physically feed a wire through trees into my house. And anyway, but it like, despite that, they buried the cable now, but it's still slower. So it in Bell, like fucking up my Rogers service, I'm now forced to actually move providers to Bell. So that's so shady. Yeah, I know. I just don't, but I don't know what else to do. They basically have a monopoly here. I guess I can go with like one of those other third party ones, but it just it, they they the Rogers and Bell own all the services anyway, so it's not that different. All right, to the rest of the world, that's our big problems in Canada. Um, 
So Reigns and Rollins run into Kurt Angle. They want Ziggler and McIntyre tonight, but Deputy Kurt said, no, you've got a tag match with the Revival tonight. And Reigns just grunts, which you could translate into he'll wrestle twice, and Angle changes his mind, and now Reigns is going to be in not one, but two tag matches tonight. Yeah, you just gave Angle a stare, and just Angle just like could not say no to those eyes. Matt Hardy came out. He was without Bray Wyatt this week, who was in a pretty serious car wreck on Friday. He was in a head-on collision and missed the house shows over the weekend and was not at Raw Monday. Um, a lot of injuries going on. Yeah, there was. there's the Bray injury. Ruby Riot uh, has a knee injury that was uh, sustained over the weekend at one of the shows. And Shinsuke Nakamura is estimating he's out for another two weeks due to this dog bite, which required crutches as he came out for the sumo hall shows on the over the weekend. This was this bite is it's the only thing I want to know all the details about. I want to see a reenactment. I can't imagine they're not going to do an angle based off that at some point down the road. Like Braun sticking dogs on Kevin Owens next is completely plausible. Definitely. Yeah. Or Braun bite, biting Kevin Owens in the leg. Oh wow. Could you imagine? Uh Matt Hardy comes out by himself, and uh, the most impressive part here was him coming out to his entrance and him mouthing the words, I will delete you, in sync with his entrance video. What's so impressive about that? I just didn't notice it before. Oh. That was it. I'm just, I was (laughs) grasping at straws. Jonathan Coachman's word of the hour, you won't believe this one, momentum. Oh, I believe it, yeah. Thanks. Then my momentum died because Curtis Axel popped up in his Matt Hardy getup on the Titantron. I don't know if this is possible, but I think I think Axel is getting worse, and I'm pretty sure Bo is at this impression too. I thought this was hands down the like this was a tired joke last week for me, yeah. and this week was like turn away heat by the end of this thing. They've just, they've run something that was funny for a week into the ground. Well, that's it, right? Like, it's, the impressions haven't improved. The writing certainly hasn't improved. I mean, the writing, I I think, has always been flat, but I think the first time you see that bow impression, you think, oh, how neat, his brother's doing a pretty good impression of him. But now it's just like, it. you kind of get tired of that novelty, and it's not like there are any punchlines to these things. They spend a lot of time here, they sing the song... But no punchline, nothing clever about this gag at all. No, uh, and the first week is the novelty week where the visual is going to carry the segment. And if you're going to improve upon it, then you're going to have to have some some clever writing in these segments. Something to uh, extend these characters beyond just the, the one note joke that it was, and they haven't. So anyway, they sang, he's got the whole world in his hands. Matt Hardy, Curtis Axel. Uh, I will say this. I thought I thought Matt worked really hard in this match, more so than I think we've seen from him in, in quite some time. Uh, they went through a commercial break. Audience also, I think, elevated this match. They were chanting, delete, let's go Hardy. Axel got into control. There was a side effect that Hardy hit on the edge of the apron after ducking a clothesline. And then another one inside of the ring. Axel then lifted Matt Hardy and dropped him hand first onto the post. I mean, he smacked this. Uh, I mean, this was like a hard slap by Matt onto this. Um, could have shattered his hand. Uh, and then followed with a neck breaker to pin Matt. 
His hand um, could have had a concussion. Uh, he would not be able to have the whole world in that bruised hand. Wow. Um, the most notable point was Curtis Axel's post-match dance that I rewound several times to watch this man conduct. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't really say that I, I would have agreed with your assessment of Matt Hardy here. I mean, I just maybe I'm not comparing it to all of his recent performances, but I'm just watching this match for what it is. And I, I thought it was generic and boring as can be. Like, I really do feel like Matt, Matt's limitations in ring are really showing themselves. And I feel like he really is just kind of getting by at this point. I mean, obviously, he's extended a lot of life in his career due to this character. But even the character now has no redeeming value. They've, they've just they've written that, that entire thing down to, like, nothing. It's been a year now. I mean, not that long he's been doing the character, but it just hasn't evolved. And, I mean, for Axel, too, really, I get no sense that he has ever put his maximum effort into any of his matches. It really makes you, like, you know wonder how long he, how he's he's been able to stick around for this long and that he continues to get TV time because I can't tell you the last time the guys had a good match granted he's not really given too many opportunities to have like great back and forth matches but man this was an opportunity and this wasn't that good so I I, I didn't like the match at all wow you just totally I, I thought the audience uh helped this match um no th- this wasn't anything great um but I thought I thought Matt was going above the usual that you'd see in a throwaway Hardy and Bray Wyatt match that have been the bane of my existence over the past two months. Uh, Reigns and Rollins were in the locker room. There were a lot of backstage segments with these two. Rollins uh, brings up the Iron Man match that has been added to Extreme Rules. It is a 30-minute Iron Man match with Rollins and Ziggler for the Intercontinental title. And given the fact that it is both brands uh, represented on these pay-per-views and they're dedicating 30 minutes to these two um, tells me that there's probably going to be maybe this is an answer because of the several injuries that are around on the roster that not all programs are going to be represented on this pay-per-view, you would assume Hmm. like that. That takes up a significant chunk of the show for, you know, both uh, co-branded pay-per-view. Right. Yes. Um, not that I'm complaining. That's probably going to be the best thing on that show for a very, what feels like a very skippable Extreme Rules event. Um, anyway, they just casually talk about this Iron Man match. Lashley walks in. Holy shit. Um, Lashley says, you have some huge brass ones calling me an egomaniac. What? Do you have an S on your chest? You're a heat magnet. You're a troublemaker. Besides your brother, Seth, nobody likes you. <laughs> wow. Your Bobby Lashley is great. I know. Like, it actually just ca- – I wasn't even trying, and I, I kind of just uh, eased my way into it. Like, um, it sounds like it's like a surfer, um, but that's what Bobby Lashley kind of sounds like. He tells him to check his ego at the door tonight, and then Reigns cuts him off. Shut up. I'm going to start the match. I'm going to end the match. And you can hold on to that fake smile and take the W. And then Lashley comes back and Rain says, is that a threat? Yes. Yes, it is. Oh, my God. Like, said no two people in history with some kind of competitive grudge with one another. 
Oh, if I one day way when I'm really upset, I'm going to come up and stare at you with my baseball cap and say, "Well, you've got some huge brass ones." <laughs> <laughs> like he can't even say balls, so they've got to like just insinuate it. What way? Do you have an S on your chest or something? You're such a heat magnet way. You know what you really are way? You're a troublemaker. <laughs> oh my god. Is that a threat? Yes. Uh, yes it is. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll say this. I mean, we know that this is how like they produce the TV. They produce it from some guy typing this up on his laptop, uh printing it out onto a script and handing it to the performers to act in front of a camera. Like and that's what exactly this comes across as. So, uh, given those circumstances, I feel like maybe Roman has, for himself, he's kind of gotten to a level where he can do that. Oh, very Reigns, limited. Reigns is way better with his delivery than Bobby Lashley. I don't yeah. think it's even close. But you can tell maybe Lashley himself is still maybe trying to get used to this system of doing TV this way. And, uh, you know, it really still feels like Lashley is still acting. Yeah, I just, with Bobby Lashley, I think I would be, oh my God, do you? Bobby Lashley's birthday is coming up in two weeks. He will be turning 42. So he doesn't have time to be getting used to television anymore. He's mm-hmm. got to hurry it up. I think with Bobby, the I, I go back to just the TNA run that you've seen. Like, what a charismatic individual this guy can be in the right setting. That you know it's there. Uh, as opposed to somebody that is just just lost and you don't even see the the upside to them as a talker with Bobby Lashley. You you've seen this guy project that confidence and that ego. Uh, and this, this version of Bobby Lashley, it's just, this is not going to connect beyond just the latest foe for Roman Reigns. And I mean, you, you've got to be able to speak at that level you're being pushed at. It's such a key component i feel do you think it's it's a problem with maybe uh the the system or is it just the fact that he's trying he's having to play a baby face that's that you know doesn't sound all that Mm. i think it's a lot of factors i think he's an awful actor uh and in tna they didn't have him act they had him play off of people and they just let this guy go and i think he he wasn't always great in tna either he very much worked his way up to that role where he suddenly had that confidence and it was so noticeable when he, it finally clicked for him and he had that confidence. Um, and I think in this system, I think it's all, I think he's having a really hard time with the actual content he's trying to deliver, not screwing up his lines. And it, and I think that confidence is not, not gone, but diminished where this is a nervous performer. You have to keep in mind too, that, you know, what we see in the end result is probably the result of like multiple, takes and or at least multiple rehearsed attempts so of course it's not going to sound natural and i guess that's part of the skill of acting is to be able to sound natural every time you go through a script and uh yeah for lastly it doesn't but i'll also say like kind of seeing what this guy sounds like in interviews he's got like a natural cockiness about him that um i can say doesn't really come across in the way he's scripted right now in this character i mean they do want to kind of script a bit of a very confident cocky guy but it it just doesn't sound like him. Is that retrospective special uh, online somewhere that people uh, can watch? Good question. I mean, at least clips are if you if you type in uh, Fight Network retrospective Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Uh, and, Go, and, but, e- even if you can just find a few clips of it, not even the the entire thing. Um, 
Yeah, that that was one piece that I mean, when he's talking about Brock Lesnar, I mean, my God, you're you're sold on the match from this guy. Just an off the cuff answer to a and the question was just it, it was probably just what are your thoughts about ever facing Brock Lesnar? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. not some you know big, you know, it was just right off the top of his head, and it was natural and. He's got a great delivery, but it's severely hidden in this environment. And what a segue, because then we go to our first of several counseling sessions held earlier today. Bailey is at the counselor's office in the waiting room. And who would you guess? But Sasha Banks shows up and both find out that they have a 10 o'clock session in 6A. They start arguing, and Dr. Shelby interrupts them to start their friendship counseling in the friend zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I said last week I think I'd be disappointed if this wasn't a setup for Dr. Shelby. So uh, not to say that I was all that happy to see this segment come to fruition, but... Um, you know, I, I, I do appreciate the callback and, and bring back sort of like a, uh, yeah, an, an, an older established character. We went over the seven tenets of friendship, love, helping, joy, sharing, time, honesty, and respect. So I thought way it would be, um, helpful for our friendship, for me to, uh, get off my chest my reaction to this segment using the seven tenants. Oh, please. Yes. I loved the fact that we waited an entire fucking week for these segments. It severely required some helping in the writing department. It brought me no joy to have to sit through any of these goddamn segments and made me want to share any of their takeover matches that would be a far cry from this atrocious, atrocious pair of segments that we got that took up a lot of time. And if I'm being honest, this was way worse than this is your life of which I had no respect for, nor do I for any of these segments. Oh, very well done. I think you're on your way. You're making progress. The show continues with Titus Worldwide against the Authors of Pain. Titus shoulder-blocked Razor, and then Akam came in, double-teaming Titus. Razor tossed Apollo across the ring with this beal, to which Corey Graves said he wasn't wishing Apollo a happy Canada Day, uh, but I think he uh, kind of mixed up his authors here mm-hmm. because Akam is the Canadian, not Razor. Yeah. Unless Apollo Crews has moved to Canada for some reason. Uh, I don't I don't believe so. Mm-hmm. Um, the authors hit their powerbomb, hangman's neckbreaker combination to Apollo, tossed Titus into the post shoulder first, and hit the last chapter onto Apollo for the victory. You know, I think the authors are fun to watch. They're very physical, a lot of high-impact maneuvers. I really like their offense, and I really like their meanest in-ring. To me, they are one of the few bright spots of this edition of Raw, and certainly overall in the... Raw tag team division. Uh, I really just want to see them push them like to the top. Just let's just skip the B team versus Hardy versus Wyatt, and just give me a title program between the authors and, and Dolphin McIntyre because those those are the only two serious teams in this whole thing. 
I would love to see these two just murder little people every week. Yeah, you might get that. Sure. Like, just put job guys in with these guys every week. And I, I would be entertained for two minutes mm-hmm. of these guys. Because I think that's what was... The audience really didn't get into this all that much. And I think it's because they were taking on guys just as big as them. And I like kind of the visual disparity with the authors. Unless you've got, like, a hot match, which this was not. Right. But. Well, I mean, to, to for them to beat Titus Worldwide at least establishes that they can beat, you know, members of the roster rather than, the, than just jobbers. But, yeah, the jobber thing, I think, would work just as well. Reigns and Rollins met backstage. They giggled about Bob, and they're ready for their match. Kevin Owens is arriving. Uh, this was... I put way too much thought into this and then just gave up. But it was... It was 8.54 p.m. when this segment aired, and the graphic said 7.55 p.m. Central Time. So he was able to arrive one minute in the future to this arena. Oh, come on. Yeah, I, I did not mind time travel. I just wanted to ask Kevin, how can I move several hours into the future, as you have apparently been able to do, because I would love to try that tonight. He's also wearing a Baron Corbin hoodie. He was wearing a Baron Corbin hoodie with his, uh, his tap-out shorts. There was a lot of tap-out on this show, actually. Uh, he is no told... Nike? Uh, no, no, it's, I guess, been banned. Um, he, the valet says he can't park here, but he won't give him his keys. So Owens parks illegally, didn't get a ticket, and I don't think there was quite the deterrent here for this guy not to park here. Got a great spot, yeah. location-wise. Yeah. Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins against Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Uh, hands down, the highlight of Raw for me was this match. Um, oh, yeah. They built up to Reigns and McIntyre as this interaction that I'm sure they want to tease for a, a future collision down the road. And they did enough to tease it here. Um, you know, they did a good job teasing McIntyre's appearances with both Reigns and uh, Rollins. And I think... So much of it feels like it's it's McIntyre and his like his his wisdom, you know, of of like taking his time before getting into the ring. You know, it, you kind of milk the anticipation of him squaring off with either man, him and Rollins, him and Reigns. So if he does come across like a big star in these matches, <laughs> the best part was when they cut to the back, and Bobby Lashley has been instructed to convey frustration in his five-second cutaway as he's watching on the monitor, and he puts his hands up in the air. It's just this... Oh, he's a really awful actor. Mm. He's really, really awful as an actor. McIntyre hit a headbutt, which got the heat on Reigns. They had the advantage on him forever until Ziggler leaped into a right hand, and Reigns makes his way over, makes the hot tag to Rollins, who takes out McIntyre with a suicide dive while Reigns hits the drive-by. Uh, Rollins and catapult Ziggler to the floor, comes off the top of the high cross to both men on the floor. Audience was super hot here as they went to commercial. Come back. Uh, the tide has turned, and they're in control of Rollins, and this crowd is going insane. They are just dying for Roman Reigns to get this tag, and Seth Rollins was playing like a guy that's been stranded in the desert for three days. And he's gone, he's lost his mind, and he's, he sees this mirage of water. He, he that, was, is, that is Roman Reigns. Yeah. Yeah, great. Beautiful visual. Yeah. Rollins 
uh, is reversed in the corner. He sends Ziggler into the barricade. The crowd is going crazy. He's crawling. He's crawling. McIntyre pulls him. He super kicks McIntyre. Rollins then counters a Famouser with a buckle bomb to Ziggler. And then Rollins continues to crawl and crawl. And just as he's about to get to Reigns, the Revival show up. And they pull Roman down to the floor. DQ finish. I couldn't even get upset with the, with the DQ finish. I was completely fine with this. This mm-hmm. audience was treating this like it was Jim Crockett promotions in 1986. Uh, this was an audience just totally made this tag match. I thought I, I, I liked everyone in this match. I, this was easily the highlight of Raw for me. Oh, yeah, easy. I thought all four men did a great job. I really do like Ziggler and McIntyre as a heel tag team. I think they're both tremendous in their roles. I think Roman is good, too. I mean... You know, maybe, again, he's good. He's just not suited for this role. He's just kind of beyond the point of repair right now. But even even so, with Rollins in there, like, Rollins made Roman look like an effective babyface. Because Rollins, dude, like, like you, you use uh, 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 Jim Crockett. Uh, like, to me, he feels like a Von Erich in world class. It, with the, the amount of, like, audience... Uh, appreciation that this guy has i feel like babyface reactions like his don't really come across too often so i really want to see them capitalize on him by giving him some big matches with the ultimate goal of giving him a title run this year because he's just way too hot to ignore so you know coming out out of this uh i could see rollins versus mcintyre at SummerSlam. i mean i i don't i think you've kind of exhausted the Dolph program after extreme rules whether or not rollins even has the title i don't think is even that big of a deal. I think he just needs to be in big matches. And, and I think people are more than ready to see him challenge for the belt. Yeah. I think you need to make a big decision on Seth Rollins now, because mm-hmm. if, if like, it was pretty telling last week, like this is like that Ziggler and Rollins match. They to- they didn't just keep the audience from the second hour. They grew it in the third hour, which never happens on mm-hmm. raw. So people were interested in that match last week. And, to me, it's if you if you are debating with this guy of of going further with, I don't think he should be doing like trivial losses to Ziggler at the Extreme Rules pay per view because Dolph Ziggler is not going further than where he is at the moment. I think they have they have plans for McIntyre and they certainly have plans for Reigns. And the question is Rollins. I think that he is someone that I just wouldn't be beating in a trivial manner at this point mm-hmm. when he's so hot and risk that with the audience just realizing, ah, this guy's got a ceiling in this upper mid-card level. He could lose to Dolph if, it, if it's McIntyre causing him to lose. Yeah, perhaps. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know where everyone, where just, those guys all end up and, and where, where you place Drew in the, in the pecking order too, because I would say they're pretty high on this guy and mm-hmm. are not going to just throw him to Rollins at SummerSlam either. Yeah, sure. Like, I think this whole tag team is designed to be the launching pad for Drew McIntyre to become a top heel. Right. Um, They attacked Rollins and Reigns after the match, so it was four on two with the Revival joining in, ending with the Shatter Machine delivered to Roman Reigns, who would have to come back later for his second match. They replayed the Kevin Owens car flip from last week. Owens meets with Kurt Angle, pleads with him to do something about Braun. Angle said that they settle things in the ring here. Owens doesn't want a match. He thinks that Braun should be the one going for therapy or a suspension or just be fired. And Angle instead makes a singles match for later tonight. 
I'm glad like Kevin Owens at least asked the logical question why Angle hasn't sent Braun to therapy like he has with Bailey and Sasha or suspended him like he has for Ronda for you can argue lesser crimes than flipping a car over. And Angle gives no good response. It's just his response should have been, Kevin, have you watched the segments tonight? Do you really want to be part of those? <laughs> Baron comes out. Um he's in the ring and he said he was appointed to make Kurt Angle a better GM and talent reaching their full potential. And some people are too proud to take a helping hand. And he shows the footage last week where he tripped Finn and attacked him. He said Finn's behavior was inappropriate and unprofessional. And to get Finn's career back on track, he's offering Balor the chance to apologize. So Finn comes out. Balor says he does deserve an apology. From whoever gave you that haircut... Baron called him a little twerp and says that people like Balor don't get paid as much as him. And he told Balor to apologize. And Balor says, I'm sorry because you stopped deserving anyone's respect after you became Stephanie's stooge. And Balor gets dropped with a right hand and he gets right back up and hits him with a sling blade, baseball slide, drop kick, and Baron retreats up the ramp. Mm hmm. Yeah. I should you should never pencil in worst feud of the year because there's always contenders and we are just starting the second half of 2018 and this was an ungodly long segment and I can't tell you the the negative level of interest I have in these two with a bell ringing to commence action. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, unfortunately, I mean that's just kind of where we're at with the uh... Baron Corbin, I I just, uh, uh, they see something in this guy, obviously, you know, enough to give him a role like this, where he's prominently featured on TV every single week, but, um, ah, there's just something that's greatly missing, I would say, from, from the package, and again, you know, I feel like, a part of me feels like Baron Corbin should be commended for being able to pull off, like, such a heavily scripted segment like this, without necessarily flubbing his lines or anything like, like that, um, uh, but at the same time, I can't say this was good TV, you know? Uh, but I will say I feel like it ended strong. I thought Balor at least gave us a believable reason why he doesn't like Baron Corbin, which I felt was missing earlier. Uh, he doesn't like Corbin because he sold out the locker room and became a, a stooge for Stephanie. So that's cool. You know, Balor showed a bit of fire towards the end. Um, but yeah, the match, I, I can't say, you know, inspires all that much uh, interest. Elias was in a storage area of the arena and he's playing his guitar. They pan over and Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan are there and he starts playing his song for them as the soundtrack for their backstage rioting where they dumped over kids earmuffs. They dumped a garbage bin over. They really just love ruining janitors evenings. Don't they? Yeah. So was this like supposed to be a recognizable song? Like was this supposed to be their theme song or something? Um, I was hoping for the sound of silence by this point in the show. So I, I didn't identify the song. Mm. Okay. Then we had a John Cena PSA about patriotism. Love has no labels. Yeah, I've seen this one. Good oh, this. has this aired before? Yeah. It's good. Really good. Ember Moon took on Liv Morgan. 
Moon hit this leg sweep, and Michael Cole said that earlier today, he asked Liv Morgan to describe herself using one word. And that one word, Liv said, was juvenile. Why would any 24-year-old describe themselves in that way? I can't even see a rebellious teenager describing themselves as juvenile. And beyond that, like, why why would Michael Cole even mention it? Because it, it in no way helps this character. It could have been worse. It could have been uh, riotous. No, that would have been better than juvenile. I guess. Maybe maybe she was really unimpressed with Cole's interview technique and was referring to it as juvenile. Mm. Like, have you ever been asked in your life way to describe yourself using one word? Like, what a what a heavy concept. I couldn't describe myself in one word. Mm. Moon hit a reverse cross off the middle, and they went to commercial. I was stunned. Came back. Uh, Morgan was constantly going for this full Nelson lock. And then they had just an exchange where Liv yelled, you are nothing. So Ember yelled back, nothing. Liv repeated, you are nothing. And Ember yelled, nothing. (laughs) And she ran Morgan into the corner, hit the eclipse, and won. Now, if I misheard this, please correct me, because I was not going back to repeat this. Uh, But this sounded very strange. This was like Ember was confirming that she was, in fact, nothing. Maybe maybe she meant to inflect it as a question. Like, nothing? You are nothing. Nothing, nothing? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, listen, given Liv Morgan's level, I don't think this match was all that bad. Um, but I felt like it severely limited and, and you know, underwhelmed uh, compared to what I think Ember Moon is capable of. So, uh, I can't say it was really a match that delivered any level of drama. It just kind of felt like it was a match there to take up some time. Um, and again, man, like you look at like what they have, who they have in their system, who they have down in NXT. Uh, and it just, it doesn't feel like Liv Morgan should have a spot on this main roster. Like she's okay, but I don't know. There's just nothing that, that aside from being like really good looking, I, I can't really see like why why she's up there yet when i feel like if you give her a few more years she could be the full package she's just juvenile that's all mm. yeah yeah i made the mistake i watched that that eight woman tag from the roh pay-per-view with the the stardom women involved right before this mm. boy that was a mistake uh we go back to the counseling session sasha says that they have been here for hours. Dr. Shelby is all stressed out because he's probably gotten the whole backstory of this fucking feud. So he suggests honesty theater as Sasha is asked to role play as Bailey and vice versa. Mm. Wait, do you want to... Maybe I I can role play and think what you thought of this segment. Okay, please. All right. This is this is late in the show. I think that you were probably having your dinner. Are you are you, you gonna do an impression? Um, I was trying to I, I was trying to set the mood first. Oh god, try, okay. try and envision an environment way that you were in. So I imagine you having your dinner 
Um, Actually, I, I had my dinner after this. After this? Yeah. Just crazy, way. This well, was, was like late. the 10 o'clock hour. Uh, so you're sick of these segments. And then all of a sudden, fuck, this is the payoff? And then Way's dad walks in. Why are they wasting these women like this? I don't. I'm not very good at <laughs> theater. I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I don't even have any comedy in me because it was all sucked out of this segment as well. <laughs> the payoff to this segment that was promoted for a fucking week was that the two just did these awful impressions of one another, worse than the one I just did, and they start arguing, and. The high spot of the segment, if you can call it that, is Dr. Shelby getting in between them. His cue cards are knocked out of his hands, and he does the angry face with the zoom in and the three dreaded words, to be continued. So this wasn't even the payoff. We're going to get that next week. Yeah. Do you think they had any... Do you think they have any idea what they are doing next week with this? Because I didn't get the sense they had any idea today what they were doing with this segment. Well, you 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 would assume that they've already filmed what's to come next week, so uh, I would hope so. Because, uh, uh, yeah, um, you know, what can I say? Maybe they're going to have a, a straight jacket match or something at the pay-per-view. Something extreme. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah. they're going to have a debate. Yeah, you kid, but I mean, I could see them doing both of those things. I mean, this is just such cheaply, poorly produced television that it really is hard to believe that it's about to make as much money as it is. Like, what does what does USA or Fox see in this show? Seriously, what do they see? They obviously don't watch it. They just see the ratings, and that's probably all they care about. But, I mean, it begs the question, what anybody... Why we're watching this stuff? Because, uh because it's not even the uh, the issue of, of it being cheap. Yeah, it looks cheap. Sure. There's no... But being the elite looks cheap. But it's actually witty and it's well-written. And those guys aren't even getting paid to do that. Uh, not directly, at least. So, there's no excuse. Like, I really like the fact that they go out from backstage and give us something. But there's no excuse for, like, this type of writing that just takes up time, has no payoff. And just takes up more time next week. So, oh, God, it sucked. Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley against The Revival. Not a lot of heat at the beginning of this. They got the advantage on Reigns. Lashley had to play frustrated in the corner. Um, if if you ever recall a story that, that Chris Jericho shared a number of years ago, it was when uh, Team Canada was in the Olympics. And him and Edge were watching the hockey game at this house show. And they were scheduled to take on... It was some tag match involving CM Punk. And Punk was teaming up with Jericho. And they decided, hey, we'll just call it in the ring. So Edge and Jericho watched this hockey game. And then they came out. And the match starts. And Punk worked the entire match and wouldn't tag in Jericho. Who just decided he'd go to the ground. He would have popcorn with the fans and just played bored and punk did the whole match and then got mad saying you guys watch the hockey game rather than get ready for our match. And that's what I thought of during this match because Roman worked the entire match. Maybe because Bobby was too busy uh, watching the world cup backstage to go over their match. And Mm. 
This went seven eleven. Uh the question yeah. is, uh, did it deliver? Uh it ended in a DQ. Just like all of Roman's tag matches have of late, with the revival double teaming Roman Reigns, uh, and Lashley walked out on Roman, and a second shatter machine was delivered to Roman Reigns. Yeah, uh, this was a match built around like Roman having injured ribs from the shatter machine, and uh, you know you can't obviously Roman can't wear bandages across his ribs because he's got that vest on, so he did his best to try to sell uh, his ribs. Mm. I, in contrast to the last match, you had Roman trying to set up Bobby Lashley's hot tag. And Lashley is, like, nowhere near the level of babyface of Rollins. So this crowd really didn't give a shit about Roman reaching for Bobby's tag at all. Uh, but beyond that, it was, like, Roman being stubborn and not wanting to, to tag Lashley. Uh, so then you have the Revival, who are enjoying this tremendous two-on-one advantage because Roman Reigns is so stubborn, doesn't want to tag out. And they get themselves DQ'd. Why would they do that? They look so stupid here. Well, um, perhaps because there was a spot where Lashley just enters the match without tagging and attacks both with spinebusters. Maybe they felt, hey, it's extreme rules come early. This ref doesn't give a shit. And quickly they learn, nope. No, this was really stupid because it didn't help their like Lashley and, and Roman storyline either because they ended up winning. Despite Roman's lack of cooperation, they won this match. Reigns was 2-0 and tonight. Because the Revival are just the, the dumbest wrestlers on the roster, I guess. So, um, it tells me, like, the lack of reaction for Lashley tells me that this crowd really isn't buying into either one as, as a babyface. Roman, obviously, but Lashley himself is just, like, he's not exceptional in any way. He's, like, he's his matches have been okay. His promos have been bad. Um, I'll tell you the most important, th- impressive thing he's done this entire run. That obstacle course. Like, yes. To me, that was the only time in this entire WWE run where he's looked somewhat heroic. Uh, but beyond that, he's given me no reason to want to cheer for him or, or to want to see him win. So, uh, yeah, this match does not have really, mm, doesn't seem to have my nor the audience's interest. Uh, so Lashley walked out on him. They gave another shatter machine to Roman Reigns. So his... All his ribs should be shattered by now. Angle is with Owens. Owens causes chaos. Kurt needs to fix it. He wants his match with Braun canceled. He offers to reorganize Kurt's office, or he could get Kurt and his wife tickets to see Shania Twain, his good friend, and he's even willing to babysit Kurt's children, which would be only a billion times better than the Bailey and Sasha segments. Kevin Owens babysitting, yeah. I I would watch that, sure. You wouldn't yeah. even need a writer. Yeah. I mean, I'll really tell you, like, the what what's got me most interested in this Owens Braun feud is the side story of Shania Twain's telling Kevin Owens that he has to beat Braun Strowman in order for her to sing when his favorite song next time she comes to Montreal. That's the only reason I want to see this match. Reigns then complains to Angle as he comes in and Kurt says Bobby was just here, and he makes Roman versus Lashley for Extreme Rules. The same match uh, that he eliminated last week. He eliminated the multi-man aspect of it. And when Reigns and Lashley last week asked for this match, they were not granted it. But now, after a DQ finish, it's time. We, we can't hold them back. 
No mention at all about the title situation, anything on Brock, nothing mentioned on this show. Uh, but it is Reigns against Lashley. Uh, so Extreme so, rules. So what's the word? Is Brock going to be there or, or is Brock going to be at SummerSlam? Do you know? I mean, I think that's what everyone is assuming, but no one can say 100%. Okay. Anyway, uh, so at the, hey, at the end of here, Roman says, well, you better find a replacement for him. What does that mean? I heard that line too, and I won't lie. I was just too tired to really even give it much thought because I didn't. He said, you better find a replacement for him because whatever, he's going to do something to Lashley at Extreme Rules. I was like, oh, for after after Extreme Rules, he better find a replacement. Oh, replacement for what? Like just Bobby Lashley in general? I guess so. To fill that spot on the roster. Okay. Coach basically had the same question. So he goes on the broadcast and he asks. Oh, no. Are we are we thinking along the same lines as Coachman? I guess so. But, I mean, I had the same question as Coach. And Graves just, you know, as usual, shuts him down and says. Like, Graves says a member of the roster. So I guess I guess that's what Roman meant. Um, but I was just as confused. Because why would Roman tell Kurt to find a replacement for Bobby Lashley, like, after Extreme Rules? That's, first of all, I didn't even know there were, like... Mem- like a-, a certain numbers of like members of the roster. Like I didn't know that was like a finite number, uh, but that's also a lot of like forward thinking from Roman. That's kind of unusual, but okay. I guess that's it. Yeah. I mean, maybe Reigns is thinking about, cause he, he does all the house shows. He knows that, you know, we're going to need a, a, a semi over baby face in this role. I'm going to murder this man. And therefore, all the all the advertising is out for the next couple of months, and Bobby Lashley is advertised. So we're going to need that that babyface replacement, right? And the general manager can fill that void. So forward thinking Roman Reigns. But I'm also not necessarily sure why Coach felt the need to point out how poorly scripted this segment was. I think they just tell Coach, Coach, you just ask any questions that come <laughs> to mind. You yeah. just say what's on your mind. Mm-hmm. That's the extent of. The producing of Jonathan Coachman. Right, right. No way Jose was out uh, with his conga line. Mojo comes out, and he repeats that he does not want a rematch, yet he is booked against this guy every week. He goes over the sacrifices he made to get here in this ring. And you, you dance. He says, about a rematch? No way, Jose. Ah, ah, ah. And hey, I thought I thought this was a hell of a promo from Mojo. It was like, a, it was a serious promo from Mojo. Uh, well, he's very good at the serious promo. I mean, you wouldn't have gotten that much of a sense of it by watching Raw, but like he he does this almost every week. It seems on like dot com, and like it feels like this guy really has been hungry for a long, long time for for some actual storyline on TV. And I feel like in a segment like this, he was. He was taking full advantage. Like he, to me, it just felt like he, he just he wants an opportunity, and he's performing like he wants that opportunity very desperately. So I thought he was one of the few bright spots of this entire show. He drops Jose, and then he takes a new cheeseburger. Did you notice this? This was not Todd. This was a new cheeseburger. Oh, I did not notice. Now this this cheeseburger was black, and. He shoulder tackled him into the barricade, and I don't think this cheeseburger will be back ever again either. Mm, yeah, he was sent into the tenth row. 
Um, Jose f- tries to fight back. He's beaten down, run into the barricade, and left for dead. Yeah. I feel that Mojo is going to attack Jose every single week. He's going to be in so much pain that Jose, in order to make his bookings every week, he's got to eliminate the pain somehow way. And thus, he's got to go and self-medicate. And he's oh. got to go he's got to go to the streets to get some pain medication to get to make his shots. Really? And suddenly an addiction starts to form. And no way Jose has gone down the path that few come back from. And he is a full-out addict that somehow has to support this addict, uh, this addiction. And therefore, all his conga line members, they're also in pain because Mojo's killing them one by one. So Jose is going to help him out, but it comes at a cost. And no way Jose is our dealer on Raw. Yeah, we can hope and we can pray for it. Um, probably never going to happen. Yeah, anyway. You know, if it, if it wasn't for that throwaway line that you threw in way, I would have zero interest in No Way Jose. Mm-hmm. But every week, I, I just let my, my mind wander about how, how this guy can turn into the drug addict and Mojo ends up becoming a narc. No, he should be a dealer, not an addict. I wanted him to be a dealer. I feel though we need some cohesive storytelling to get him to that place, and the addiction is the best bridge to get him. Yeah, but dealers like, you know, they have a rule: never get high on your own supply. So for him to be effective, he can't, he can't go down that path. Anyway, like I said, I thought I thought Mojo did a good job here. I think he's a guy who actually deserves a push and deserves a chance to to live up to his potential. Um, his beatdown, I thought, was pretty good here. And in turn, I thought it made Jose the most sympathetic he's been this run so far. Um, you know, they still have a long way to go. I would actually at least like them to give Jose a promo to see what that guy is capable of. Um, but, you know, I, I have high points for, for Mojo here. They showed the WWE.com interview with Ronda Rousey. Um I don't know where this would have taken place, given she's suspended and not allowed on the premises. Uh, but she will be front row at Extreme Rules, which signals, I guess, tickets are not uh, flying out the window. Rousey can land a front row seat two weeks out. Well, she's rich, so maybe it's a sculpt ticket. Maybe not. Maybe she got lucky on StubHub. Yeah. Uh, so, so she will be front row, and... They were all very concerned. I don't know why they should be concerned. I mean, if she jumps the barricade, she should be arrested, right? I think that's how the angle should go. I think she should jump Alexa and be arrested. I think it'll be like John Cena, where uh, some point during the show, she'll be called to the back, and she'll, he'll, she'll dash through up, the, up the ramp. Oh, okay. I, think she, I, I would like to see her do an angle where she gets arrested just to see if any MMA websites run like a headline, Ronda Rousey arrested during WWE show hmm. or something. I think she should show up at the UFC this weekend. Uh, she's going to be there on Thursday for the Hall of Fame. That is right. So she will be there. Uh, but she won't be there Saturday because she's doing uh, Madison Square Garden on Saturday. Oh, okay. Because she is... She is uh, the suspension has been... Explain. She is not suspended from pay-per-views, and she's not suspended from Madison Square Garden, which Madison Square Garden, they are promoting that fact that she is not suspended there. So she is only suspended from raw broadcasts 
Though she wasn't really suspended this week, was she? Um, well, she wasn't physically there, I guess. Is she? Is she? Does she have a match at Madison Square Garden? Yes. What's the match? I believe it is. Uh, have they announced? I, th- I think it's a six woman. Okay. I, I don't think it's a singles match, mm. but I could be wrong. Okay. I'll try and find it before the end of the show. Sure. But, you, um, you, why don't I find it? Yeah, it's. Um, I'm sure a video is going to pop up of it. I think that she is the. Look at this. I found there's like a specific video that Elias has shot for uh, promote Madison. Here's the card. So we've got Ronda Rousey versus Nia Jax yeah. with special guest referee Alexa Bliss. Right. Yes. Yes. Of course. Yes. All right. So that led to Nia Jax against Mickey James. Nia came out and she thought she was done with Alexa Bliss after WrestleMania, then squashed her like an insect at Backlash. And thought after that, Alexa will be behind her forever. She was wrong again. And now they're doing their third pay-per-view match in three months. And says Man. we're right right back where we started. There's something about Nia's promo style that, that I think makes her naturally unlikable. Like she's got like this kind of cocky but whiny type of like almost a mocking type of delivery. And it's not just like when she's cutting a promo. It's not just, you know, when she's on, she was at the, the upfronts doing that with Rhonda, but like even on, on total divas, if you see her speak, it's, it, it comes across like she's a bit unlikable. And I think that's great for a heel, but I think it's really bad for a baby face. And, you know, again, I felt like this matchup failed at WrestleMania. Um, because and it did a backlash too. With yeah. The, 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 I mean, once that bell rings, it's a very tough story to pull off where Nia is, I mean, especially for the WrestleMania match where she's playing the victim of the bullying. Yes, yes. I felt the same way watching this. Seeing Nia in there with Mickey as like like an underdog that's supposed to be twice as big as Mickey James, it's really hard for me to buy. Yeah, and I thought they were on to... I know the idea wasn't to turn Nia Jax heel, but I thought it was, you know, the, the program with Ronda turned out really well. And that was arguably the best match of her career she had with Ronda. Yeah, like, and I know the reason why they don't want to turn her heel is because they want her to to like do all the PR stuff. But you're telling me like we're not at a at a point of of wrestling sophistication in in the mainstream? Stephanie McMahon, Stephanie McMahon. Okay, fine, whatever. Stephanie wants. She, it. she does all of that stuff, and exactly, it exactly. It doesn't matter. I'm I'm just reinforcing your point. Right. Yes. Yes. So yeah, you can be heel and still like you know do uh, out of character PR appearances, and I think the world will accept that. Uh, most importantly, if you want somebody to do that type of PR and speak on behalf of your company, you have to show that they are good at their job. They have to actually be popular, and I would say Naya would be far more popular if she was just a full time heel. She says this needs to end, and she spoke with Kurt Angle, and their match at Extreme Rules will be an Extreme Rules match. Which is probably for the best for these two, but I think they're they still have quite a mountain to climb. In so what? So what is that? Match. Just just like a no DQ, like hardcore match? Yes. Okay. I think it's going to be a tough match. Uh, I mean, yes, you're going to have the weapons, but all the attention is going to be on Ronda during this match and not being able to buy a finish until she gets involved. So yeah, it's. It- it it's a difficult good. setup. Yeah. But with Ronda there teasing everything, I think it could be interesting. Ronda's been, I mean, they've pretty much batted a thousand with Ronda on mm-hmm. pay-per-view thus far. So um, I'm sure they'll have a great idea coming out of this for a big angle to 
to hit for SummerSlam. Uh, and then Nia brought out Natalia to be in her corner for this match as Mickey was in, uh, Alexa was in Mickey's corner. Um, they had a pretty lengthy match. They went almost 10 minutes here. Uh, Mickey worked over the knee of Nia after a baseball slide dropkick and then further attacked it in the ring. Jax came back with a sit-out powerbomb, and then Natalia pulled Bliss down to the floor, and Jax won with the Samoan drop. Yeah, I thought Mickey worked really hard. I mean, I thought Nia was trying her best to sell. Uh, but again, I felt I felt it a little hard to to get into the match. Um, anyway, so I yeah, so we'll we'll, we'll see. Like I, I expect Alexa, Alexa to win, obviously, so that she can go ahead with Ronda and uh, Nia. Who do you think? Do you think she has a match at SummerSlam with Nia? I I imagine she'll be there in s- some form or fashion. I do like the idea of Ronda and Alexa. Like that feels the direction they're going for SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you have Nia involved in their program at all. It's going to be such a long show. I imagine most of the roster is going to find their way onto that show. But I, I don't know exactly what you do with Nia on that mm-hmm. show. Uh, then we had a Kevin Owens doing a Jesus Christ heavy breathing exercise with Jinder Mahal and Sunil. Sing. And it's not working for Owens. Charlie walked in. I was hoping it would be Renee, and we'd have four Canadians on the screen at once. <laughs> the day after Canada yeah, Day. Right. But Charlie ruined it. Yeah. Kevin Owens yeah. called called her a gremlin. Right. Uh, anything else? He's thrilled to be facing Braun, and the breathing didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, so like I mean, we we kind of see now this is what Jinder's role kind of has been reduced to. He's just comic relief at this point, uh, which is fine. I but I I'm concerned a little about the longevity of the sings. You know, I think it's kind of tough to justify a comedy guy with an entourage when all he's doing is backstage segments. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I, it, I think Sunil, a- Sunil just like they need he needs to find something to add to the to the character, to the, to the new um, gender character, rather than just somebody who echoes what he does. Yeah, I agree. When gender was a main event act, I think you could justify having those, those two on the road with him and, you know, pay, paying two guys to essentially just play manager roles with him. And now that he is being reduced, I, I think, I think the things are very talented. Yeah. I hope they would be used elsewhere, but just staying in this role. I agree with you. That's, it may not be uh, something they go with uh, for a long time hmm. uh, because WWE, they've, they've got to be watching that budget. Um, NXT promo aired for Johnny Gargano and EC3 this week. And then Renee interviewed Lashley. He enjoyed watching Roman Reigns get beaten down. He can't wait for extreme rules. Reigns made a big name for himself because he was gone. And if I was around, his yard would be more like a concrete path in the trailer yard. And he was really proud of this line. <laughs> well, he, I thought he said concrete patch. Not, not to say that's any better, but. Oh, <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> yeah. This was actually an amazing promo until you botched it, John. Well, I was looking for any kind of a direction and therefore I was drawn to the word path because I don't see anyone to a successful outcome on this show. Uh, and 205 Live Tuesday night will feature Buddy Murphy, Mustafa Ali in a no-DQ match. Kevin Owens, Braun Strowman was our main event to get us out of this show. 
and boy, were they going to go off with a some fireworks way. Fourth of July week. Strowman dumped him. He engaged in a collar and elbow tie-up and sent Owens down, and he looked like he just came right down on his neck. And he rolled to the floor and ran to the back and was counted out in all of 50 seconds. We get the multiple camera view in the back. He sh- Owens is backstage. We go to outside where he runs to his car, but he forgot his keys. And he needs a place to hide because Braun's going to find him. And there we see the porta potty that was there all night long. And he gets inside. And then we follow Braun. As he runs outside, he's searching around for Owens. The audience is chanting porta potty. And Strowman looks like he's going to go back into the arena when he pauses, turns around, and he finds Owens in the porta potty. He shuts it with, he just tapes the porta potty shut and then drags this thing all the way throughout the back into the arena up this convenient ramp to get to the top of the entrance area, nearly tipping it over by mistake, and then placing it at the edge of the ramp. He walks to the center and then fucking shoulder tackles this thing off the stage to the floor. And then Owens is tended to with the blue shit or whatever it is that you researched way. Portamix. Portamix covering this poor man. Uh, I mean, and, if they really want to be realistic, it'd probably be like green. Yeah, not blue. Well, because anyway, I won't get into that. Oh, um, I, I, I guess the the mixed substances. Yeah, the best part though, I would say the only good part of this whole thing, <laughs> the audience starts chanting, "Holy shit!" Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh. And then oh. the ki- the kicker to all yes, of this yes, yes, yes. is that as everyone is reacting to this man dying, the announcer comes on and confirms that Braun Strowman is the winner by countout oh for God. the ha-ha moment at the end of this show. I don't even know if it was intentional like to do that. Oh, I just... I, please I understand ahead. the absurdity of the Braun Strowman character, but as I watch this, it's... Like, it's it's educated people to see these angles now and look at them closer to comedy than serious that I feel they really have a a strong a strong task John, ahead of themselves to try and pull these off seriously. John, because you, they've they've done every serious angle that are now comedy angles with this guy. Yeah. I mean it, it's one thing to uh flip over a car or uh I don't know, uh flip over an ambulance it's another to like <laughs> to flip over a part porta potty and have shit all over one of your top heels well exactly I, you dude. you took you took that terry funk cactus jack angle with with the dumpster and you made it a pure comedy angle here yeah i know like this was totally done for laughs definitely well it, it, it was totally done to make one man back there laugh and i think that was it that was it guess um, I just as soon as I saw saw that porta potty in the shot, I was like, "Oh no, they're not doing this." Uh, man, it just—I'm sure to some people this—it's it, funny. Even to me, this would have been funny at some point in my life, as a thirty thirty-four year old man, uh, or or as like somebody who who wants to seriously watch professional wrestling, who really looks forward to watching wrestling every single week and takes the art form somewhat seriously. Uh, 
this is just hard to justify. It's hard to justify me spending my time to for a payoff like this. I'm just like this stuff to me even is just like even if you did this in the attitude era, I just I don't ah I don't ah I just don't know. I just don't think it'd be clever. Uh, and I feel like as wrestling fans, we've all evolved way past, you know, stupid gimmicks like that. Stupid potty, literally like pot, potty humor uh, like that. And and here in 2018, I find myself talking about a man tipping over another person inside a porta potty and having shit all over. Him. So I'm not into this feud at all. That's the other thing, too. It's like you have this giant, dominant baby face who is bullying this smaller heel at every turn. And it I think it'd be one thing if like Owens has been like getting the upper hand from time to time. But Owens has had nothing. He's he's been tipped off of the, the ladder. He he like he's been embarrassed every single week. And why why would I it's just it I know Braun's a, a fan favorite, but I just it's just not giving me a reason to really um get into this story. When it's, I'm just watching like a big dude, you know, push around a smaller guy who's begging him to stop. Yeah, maybe I'm I'm putting way too much thought into this porta potty angle. But after it, like we're 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 gonna talk about these damn rights fees forever. And in many ways, like the on-screen product, it's such a like it's not life or death. They don't have to do like angles do not correlate with success any longer. And you can do pretty much whatever you want at this point. You can you can determine what kind of a show you're going to run. But I think that inherently, when you're not uh, kind of pressed to the edge that we've got to have this angle that is going to pop this pay-per-view or help business, I think inevitably the, the show quality goes down when okay. you're getting less, less quality yeah. out here because that – that desperation doesn't exist any longer. Well, I mean, you say that, John, but like, don't you feel like doing stuff like this week in and week out if they are, okay, they're not doing potty humor every single week, but fuck, like even once is too much. Don't you think something like this would affect uh, a potential advertiser's opinion of, of what they're spending their money on? I wouldn't, if, when, when you look at all the efforts that NBC Universal has gone to over these past four years to bring up the clientele of advertisers. I completely am baffled when they do stuff like this, when they do the the transgendered segment from a couple of weeks back with Bobby Lashley's sisters, like just stuff like that. Like, why would you even touch that? Why would you even go near that? Um, when you have put so many resources behind attracting more high-level advertisers, when you're holding these events to try and push your credibility for Emmy consideration. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, I had to laugh. Oh, my God. Thinking about this show. Like, they spent all of this money to be considered for Emmys. Oh and this is God. literally the shit that you are presenting to, to your audience. Oh. Like, it's just, it is... Like, this is a segment that is very much a Vince McMahon style of angle. He loves angles that involve <laughs> shit. Oh, boy. And embarrassing people. And yeah. Kevin Owens is the guy they like to oh. embarrass for the moment. So. Someday, someday we will have some type of tell-all book 
uh, from Kevin Owens were or and Sami Zayn. They might as well write this that, that book together just so that they could they could talk about June of 2016, June July sorry 2018, June July 2018. I'd love to hear that that quote unquote uh, autobiography. Yeah, Sami oh. Zayn. That year I suffered vertigo. <sighs> yeah. On the All other right. hand, man, like I mean, shit, like. At least, like, there are guys like Daniel Bryan out there that, at least on some level, don't feel like the need that that they they need to cover up how they feel about about this company. Like, oh my god, I I have not listened to this entire thing. I only heard a snippet of it. But it, for those that are familiar with uh, the Gorilla Position, uh, they do uh, some great interviews mm-hmm. out, of the, out of the UK, and they did this sit down with Daniel Bryan. So the host is proposing like this great story that they could do with the Miz and Daniel Bryan and not pay it off at SummerSlam, but extend it to WrestleMania and going back to the infancy of their feud that began in NXT when Miz was put there as the guy's mentor and this Mm -hmm. great story. And Bryan cuts him off. He's like, okay, like that sounds great, but let me ask you a question. Do you really have faith that the WWE could be able to tell that kind of a story over that period of time. And he's like, well, that's fair. And Brian just like laughs it off. He's like, of course they're not. So he says that's fair. And, and, and again, like great job to the gorilla position for, for this interview. Cause the, the, the person doing the interview, I wish I knew his name, but he follows up and says, well, the last time that that happened, I could say was WrestleMania 30 when, you know, throughout the the better part of a year, you ended up in the WrestleMania main event. And, and Brian what was just, Brian's response? His response, he just dismisses this and, and he says, well, that was an accident. That was like the audience doing that. They didn't plan that at all. So exactly. <laughs> yes. Great. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, go check that out if you want. Just uh, search, you know, uh, Gorilla Position podcast. It's a really good interview with uh, Daniel. Bryan. There's video, too, From on YouTube. I, yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, an awful edition of Raw. Um, I hope that our forum came through on this. On a scale of 1 to 10, I would give this a 1. I seriously thought this was... No, I'll give it a 2 for that tag match. Sure. That, that's yeah, as high as two. I'm going. Okay, 2. If that match didn't exist, then yeah, definitely. Oh my god. What do you think it was? I'm guessing a 1.25. You thought it was that low. Oh One, my god, what? it was high? 1.87. <laughs> All right. Wow, that is a that is a very low rated episode of Raw. Uh, it was bad, folks. Uh, let us start with Terry from Colorado. Well, good thing Owens ended up in the porta potty because this angle is shit. Also, don't understand how Roman can be upset with Bob after their match. He's the idiot that doesn't want to tag. Pretty crap Raw tonight. To make matters worse, watched live, so was stuck with no fast forward option. Only saving grace of the long night was Bo Dallas mocking Bray again. I can't even say that was amusing this week. Chris from Melbourne, Australia. There you go. Firstly, a happy belated Canada Day. Kevin Owens was a top-level heel champion on Raw only a few short years ago. Now he's a scared fool who who came across more like Big Show at the show's end. Also, since when was Sasha added to see Dr. Shelby with Bailey? I don't remember it being mentioned last week or the recap tonight. Well, they they did mention. um, Or Sasha being added to it. Maybe, Maybe that was just a surprise. By the way, I mean... Can do you have more any more of a definitive answer about who's a heel or who's a babyface in that feud? Uh watching tonight, Sasha felt like the heel, didn't she? Not necessarily. She comes across so unlikable contrasting herself to Bailey. But I mean, like I see some people saying, like I heard Dave say that th- that was supposed to be a, a Bailey heel turn. I got no sense of that follow up tonight. I don't think they have 
I don't think they have a really good sense on either one being anything at this point. I think it's largely indifference. Uh, I watch it. I, I don't have I don't see anything redeemable about Sasha Banks. Like she is the one that has initiated all of this. She's constantly just being an asshole to Bailey. I think I, like last week I read that segment as you know Bailey finally stood up for herself. Yeah, me too. So, and I think that that's how the audience took it too. It's like finally she has some backbone here against this bully. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, your turn. We've given it too much thought. Uh, Tommy from Scotland. There was a pretty big NBA free agent news tonight, so got distracted by that. From what I gather, I didn't miss anything and had a much happier night than people watching Raw. Well, I I really appreciate it. Um, thanks. You didn't watch. Chris from Virginia. Monday Night Roman was just okay. I call it that because WWE threw a lot of Roman at us tonight. To WWE's credit, I actually enjoyed the Ziggler McIntyre versus Reigns and Rollins match. The crowd response was great from the moment Rollins was tagged into the moment the revival got involved. I chuckled at the We Want Roman, No We Don't chance from the audience. I'm also glad WWE chose to run with a couple quick pre-taped skits over one prolonged in-ring segment for the Sasha Bailey. Could you imagine that in front of that crowd? You're, yeah, but you're also getting two weeks worth of it, okay? so. Uh, but this begs the half-hearted question, why isn't Jinder Mahal helping these two find inner peace? Great question. Um, one I don't want to see them answer. Andrew from Cape Breton. You got to give it up for Braun. This man has insane cardio. But despite Kevin Owens being stuck in a porta potty while it was dumped over, the ones covered in shit tonight were Bailey and Sasha. I remember the pop last week and how insanely over Bailey was. My hope is they can somehow recover from those segments and have something decent in the ring. Then there was Roman Reigns, who was booked to look like an idiot. I think he'd be better off in Bounty Land with the lollipop Candyman than where he is now. Highlight of the show was playing was playing Pokemon Blue while I watched. Okay, we go to Jay from Colorado. I'm convinced whoever invented the DV- DVR was a wrestling fan, because watching this live is absolutely torture. Absolute trash episode from start to finish. The Bailey Sasha sketch was so cringeworthy, I changed the channel and landed on some animal surgery show, which by comparison was a very easy watch with compelling and believable twists and a satisfying ending. So it seems like the theme of our feedback tonight is what people did instead of watch uh, Raw. Which, (laughs) I mean, for an episode like this, I I don't blame you. Mark from Vaughn, WWE Storytelling Beats are tough to get excited about. They operate in a point A to point B to point B to point B to point B format. (laughs) Totally agree with what you said last week about the end of SmackDown and feeling fresh just because something happened. This is painful. If you had to rank the probability of the following guys headlining against Brock at SummerSlam, who would you choose? Roman, Rollins, Lashley, or Braun? Uh, Honestly, right now, it's Rollins uh, for me, seriously. But uh, I know... Like, Braun has a briefcase, so they have to come up with some reason for Braun not to use the briefcase yet. Maybe we'll get an interim title. Um, Have they ever done that? Oh, of course they have. But have they ever done that because, like, of this reason? Like, what reason do they even have for Brock to, to justify an interim title? Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's training. He's training for a fight. He doesn't mm. have time for this stuff. Steve from B. That's BC. John. That's not even the worst idea. Like, if if in fact he is not going to be around in SummerSlam, like, I don't think an interim title is the worst idea, so that you can at least build build up to build somebody else up for a match with Brock. His name is going to be all over International Fight Week this week with speculation that he's going to show up on Saturday, and mm. 
shoot this angle at uh, after the Miocic Cormier fight, hmm. and yeah. uh, I, I could totally see that as a Brock kind of move to make, whether he is committed to a fight or not, being there on Saturday. Um, Steve from BC writes: Tonight's edition of Raw was god awful. As soon as the Bailey Sasha segment started. All I could think of was how concerned I was for Way having to sit through multiple skits of these two having to act. And to top it off, it seems like we have to sit through more next week. And can someone please explain to me how Kevin Owens is the heel in this storyline with Braun? For a company that loves to promote themselves as being anti-bullying, it seems very odd to position a babyface like Braun as the bully in this feud. Nothing redeeming about this episode of Raw, and sadly, there seems to be no signs of it changing in the coming weeks. I hate to say it, but I'm almost at my wit's end with Raw, and I'm seriously considering dropping it. Although for a few months... Until I see a change in the direction. They're really testing like they're really testing viewers. And I'll say, like, if you've survived through this, you're probably a pretty big wrestling fan. You know, if you're coming back after this week, like you're probably a pretty big wrestling fan in order to endure this. Uh but but I, I completely echo Steve's sentiments about Owens and Braun. Like Owens like Braun needs something to like avenge. And I just don't know what that is. If it if it is something, if Owens actually did something to Braun earlier, I don't remember it. If it was anything, I'm sure Braun has already avenged himself 15-fold. Like by simply t- t- this guy falling through that that thing, like the, the off the ladder. I think that's more than enough. Now you got to flip his car, you got to like uh um you know, ruin Shania Twain, not sing when for him, and you got to tip him over a porta potty. Come on, he should at least do the job for Kevin so that Shania Twain will sing. Brandon from Oshawa. I need to apologize to you guys and to all the Post listeners. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry for praising this crappy, god-awful show last week and actually believing that they are heading in a good direction. This show was an embarrassment. Rematch after rematch after rematch. Clear trolling towards the fans by putting Roman into two matches. I'm not even a Roman hater, but there was no need for it. Why is Ronda paying for a front row ticket if her suspension is over at the pay-per-view? Is she stupid? Thank God for the World Cup providing a good form of drama and entertainment because watching this garbage makes me want to fall into a coma. All right. Um, Let's just get a few more in here. Um, This next one. Are you guys going to attend the Raw Smackdown in Toronto in August? Are you going to go away? Um, I don't know if it is. Uh, I don't know if we are uh, because... I mean, it, it depends. Uh, yeah, sure. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, uh, Imagine being at this show live way, after tonight. I, I, what, what, what a commercial. My only reason to go would be to feel the need to provide some type of a live report um, because of the opportunity. But I, I mean, I can't even tell you if it's really worth doing that. Let's end this off with Jalen from Pickering. Uh, So let me get this straight. We're supposed to feel sorry for Reigns for choosing to have two matches in one night and choosing to not tag in Lashley when he was hurt. And why? Because his ego couldn't deal with Lashley helping him? This is some mind-boggling booking here, folks. And what the hell does this company have against the very talented Montreal boys? I don't know. All right. Um, Before we end off... um did want to quickly promote our G1 contest that is going on. Uh, you can go to postwrestling.com slash G1 or just click on the button at postwrestling.com and you can submit your picks. The deadline is Thursday, July the 12th, which is rapidly approaching uh, right before the G1 kicks off on the 14th. Uh, get your picks in. 
the top three finishers will be winning post-wrestling prize packs, which will include signed copies of Eggshells, which is Chris Charlton's new book on the history of wrestling at the Tokyo Dome. Uh, what is our what is our grand total thus far of submissions, Way? I don't exactly know. I believe I don't know. I've had to. I, I don't really know. That's a question for Chris, actually. Maybe we'll have a, a number tomorrow, but um, yeah. So go join. And uh, yes, we will be continuing over at uh, postwrestlingcafe.com. We are going to continue to talk about uh, much more than just Raw, including naming this bonus show that we do on Monday nights. So that should so, be exciting. So often now, like it feels like the, the, uh, the show that formerly was called the overrun. We're going to announce the new name. We're actually going to decide the new name, uh, in a, in a couple minutes, but that show is like my therapy because I actually get to talk about things I enjoyed watching. So it's my way of like decompressing from these reviews. Yes. Um, and before we ended, I also just want to mention, uh, the passing of, uh, Matt Capitelli, who was someone that if you were, uh, had followed tough enough, uh, you certainly would have uh, remembered that name. Someone that just had an awful, awful uh, several battles uh, with cancer. And I, I didn't know him, uh, but I, I, I interacted with him about a year ago. And this was someone that was just like just came across as such a genuine individual. Um, and he responded to me stating, you know, thanks a lot for taking time out to contact me this was when his cancer had just returned and it was just uh, such a sad story that this guy had to constantly battle and then passed away last week Mm -hmm. so anyway i just wanted to make mention of that um as he did uh just pass away on friday yeah there's like a wonderful um uh, news feature that was produced uh about him about a year ago that uh i'm sure a lot of people have been linking like i linked to it into in the uh in just the quick little write up uh, on on our site, but uh, uh, like he 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 like throughout this entire his entire like battle with uh with brain cancer just seemed to have like a, a really admirable like mindset in dealing with it. So anyway, it's it's worth a watch for sure. Yeah, yeah. He um Colt Cabana brought him up during the uh, the Ring of Honor pay per view. They actually played football together in university so that had to have been a very difficult broadcast for cabana who was calling uh the entire show later that night uh as well so anyway our thoughts are with uh are with his family that is it for us we're going to wrap up the show we'll be back on uh, tuesday night with rewind to smackdown or you can hop on over immediately to the post wrestling cafe uh for whatever this show is that we are about to name